Hey, Colin, Jason here. Great episode. The, the one thing John mentioned, everybody gives great input. One thing John mentioned that is a worry I have is he mentioned, well, you can just have the slideshow on tabs, you know, so you go roll 20 and then tab over to the slideshow to show things. And, and that is definitely the kind of reason I want to go just to a slideshow or just to Zoom with slideshow is screen sharing because I don't want people to have to tab back and forth. I want to get away from the distraction of touching your computer or mess with your computer during the game. You know, for the players, I'd like them to be able to sit there, look at the screen and roll their dice and at home and look at their character sheet at home and not have to manipulate the, the electronics while they're playing the game, you know. So nothing against John, and I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm just saying personally what I look for, I'm trying to get away from players tabbing back and forth. You, you know what I mean? I've got a couple other thoughts, but I'm up to a minute. By the light of the stars, I was hunting again For a mean old troll in a third level den I'd been lucky so far, this was old school rules I should've been cautious, should've used my tools The path was leafy and the way was dim The DM cracked a smile but I ignored him And then... I fell into a spike pit my man Jason kicking off the show, and boy, have we got some call-ins for you today. I better get out of the way, and let's get back to Jason. He's not done, he's got plenty more to say. As you astutely pointed out, Barney brought up the great problem of... Tiger, quit that. Barney brought up the great problem of technology and how it's flaky sometimes, and we get roll 20 crashes, or this crashes, or we have problems. And again, that's where... Zoom being professional corporate software tends to be really stable. From the times I've used Google Meet, your your chosen platform, that seems to be really stable as well. So as long as we're using good stable software and we're not doing too much with it, I think it's okay. And the power, you know, just doing the meeting software with with an embedded slideshow or with a slideshow screen sharing seems not to be too much. Where sometimes Roll20 and Fancy Grounds, people drop in, drop out all these other problems. We're using two different programs, a separate program for voice, and then people drop out, and then you're fighting it. And So I, that's the other reason I'm looking at this, because I want everything together on one screen to, to try to eliminate tech problems. For players willing to use a camera, I don't think the advantage of being able to see every, people's faces is, can be overstated. I know not everybody will do that, and that's fine. I'm definitely not going to say, if you don't use a camera, you can't be in my game or anything like that. I'm not saying that, but... I think there is great benefit to be able to look at each other. Um, and, and so, again, that's where a Zoom or Google Meet comes in because it does a great job of showing that. And, and you have to remember, I look at this as somebody that's playing off a $400 laptop or $350 laptop, so a pretty inexpensive laptop. So I don't have a lot of screen space. I don't have a lot of computing space. I don't have the, you know, the, the Apollo launch terminal that some people have at their home. So that, that's another reason I'm looking at the solutions I'm looking at. And so I think that's important because you'll have players that are working out of that same thing that aren't going to have multiple screens. Even if you're set up as a GM with all this tech, you're going to have players with bad internet connections and players with only one little screen or working off tablet. It sounds like Andy has a ton of information he can share with us. Maybe Andy can make some side money doing a PowerPoint class, how to, power, how to use PowerPoint to, to play online. There you go, Andy. There's a, there's a side hustle for you. Um, but yeah, no, I don't discount that. Anybody that's used PowerPoint for years in the corporate world definitely is going to have a lot of knowledge of it. 
And, and that's another advantage. If you're somebody is a GM that's familiar with the software, then, you know, you're already familiar with it, right? You're not having to learn something new. And the last thing I, I was going to say, and I'll cut this short, I know I'm yakking a lot, is you've played in my games where I've done this technique before, Colin, the Bushido light game, the kind of samurai game we played was all Zoom with, with slides. You know, um, Darren, his, our fed has played in my games like this. He played in my um, Best Left Buried game where we played it like this. So you guys have played in games like this. And, and if you think back, I think about your experience, I think it was like any other game. Which I think shows the utility of the option that, I don't know, but I mean, if you think back to that Bushido Light game that you were in and Joe Salvador was in and um, Dave Aldrich was in and Shandy Andy, I don't remember who, Pete Jones was in it, but was that a bad experience from a tech point of view or do you just remember the, you, you know, the fun of playing in that world and, you, you know, Dave at the end, you know, committing seppuku with the cherry blossoms floating down around him, right? So... I don't know. I, I, I definitely think it's a viable option. It's not for everybody. Some people want dynamic lighting. They want to be able to move tokens around. They want to be able to do different things. And to some degree, you can do all that stuff. But they want they want the, the video game aspect that Roll20 and Fantasy Grounds offer. So for the, And that's not wrong. It's just different. It's, just, it's not what I'm looking for, but it, some people do want that. So anyhow, dogs are getting restless, so I'll cut this short. Talk to you later. The session that Jason's talking about there was indeed a super simple setup, low-tech, great fun, a good example. I'm not inventing anything here, I'm just asking the questions. What are folks doing? Tell us what you're doing. Tell us how it works. Hey there, Colin. It's John here from the Red Dice Diaries. Just been listening to you sliding in a quickie. And yeah, I'm still interested in the Google Slides, although due to sort of like a busy week at work, I've I've not a chance to have a look into that. And when you were sort of talking about, you know, how many hours people had spent on Roll20 to become like proficient with it, and thank you very much for saying that I seem fairly proficient with it. Although, as you rightly say, I'm always learning and looking for new things that I can use to improve my game. But I was a bit curious, and I was like, oh, I'll just have a quick look, see how many hours I've spent on Roll20. Now, I've been using it since, uh, I think it's 2014, and according to Roll20, playing and GMing, I've logged about 3,000 hours on it, which is a fair old whack of time. Anyway, I enjoyed the episode very much, dude. Looking forward to the Mythos game later. Hey, Colin, it's Che. Um, have I used Google Slides? No, uh, and therefore I'm nervous about calling in in case I wind you up. But um, I do use, well, I did use uh, PowerPoint. Um, so the recent RuneQuest game that I ran, uh, which was just Dice, Discord, and all I had in the background was PowerPoint. Now, interestingly, for me, I did... I didn't really share much. Uh, I shared a map of Apple Lane digitally, but I um, I found it very useful from the point of view of organising some of the combat situations. I had a combat spread across a whole village with multiple combatants, and I just found it useful to drop the map as a background in PowerPoint and then use kind of little markers as tokens on the top in a really free-form way. And that was kind of fun, actually, and kind of great for me just to keep my head square. I don't know if that's any use to you, uh, but I have seen Jason use um, PowerPoint 2 for sharing stuff, and it was great, actually. It was nice and simple. I hope that's of help. If not, just ignore. Game on. 
this topic of technology crops up quite often and I think really we've got COVID to blame for that to a, a fairly significant degree and my talk about and my thoughts around Google Slides seems to have struck a bit of a chord got a bunch of call-ins there but I haven't really followed up that 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 line of inquiry or experimentation very far at this point although one thing I have discovered is when you're using Google Meet so what what reason I haven't progressed with Google Slides is I got a bit involved in sorting out my Google Drive and all my files on there then I started looking at various other Google apps and it was whilst uh, chatting with Barney of uh, Loco Ludus about Google Meet we were knocking around this idea of Jamboards and was trying out something called uh, Google Jamboard and that's like a whiteboard thing works pretty nicely it's another one of these things that I believe teachers are using in education circles so I'm exploring that a little bit more because there's this whole question of interacting with your players it's okay punching stuff into the chat but sometimes just having the availability of a whiteboard or something where people can scribble stuff down or move bits and bobs around a little bit for the sake of clarity in a session or to get an idea across I think that could be super helpful and that works really nicely with Google Meet you kind of set up a Jamboard and send out invites to it I just recall there was something else I wanted to say and that is following on from an earlier episode uh, where Rich Fraser of Cockatrice Nuggets mentioned that he'd done some Google Slide presentations and he he was happy to share them. I have since checked out what he's done. He posted some links on the Audio Dungeon Discord and I went and took a look. And yeah, he's, he's definitely doing some of the stuff that I, I've been thinking about. So it's like... Uh, uh, performing a aid memoir function much in the way that you might use uh, what do you call it uh, index cards as flashcards if, if you want to remember something and when you're GMing quite often I'll have some index cards with key things on uh, and I'll, I'll perhaps go through them as prompts well he's used them to sort of set up a session so he's got stuff on there like he's he's kind of uh, like house rules uh, a little bit about x card expectations of players and various bits and bobs like that you can drop in a little bit about your setting perhaps set the scene on these slides he's uh, a mostly text i was thinking to do something a bit more with images perhaps with a little bit of text but uh, obviously your mileage may vary and I, I was uh, really glad he shared them and uh, I'd urge anybody on the dungeon who's interested in this idea to perhaps take a look at those. It's uh, Rich Fraser of Cockatrice Snuggers. So here I am just casually looking at Google Meet, slowly preparing for my game that I'm running as part of Grog Meet in November. 
and in a Google Meet button there somewhere options on the right hand side I've just found the whiteboard option open a jam open a jam which jam forest fruits marmalade I don't know open a jam a whiteboard I'm quite excited about that I wonder if the whiteboard will it lets you add images I see maybe Colin we should just do a little you know have a bit of fun checking out what's possible you and I let's get together let's give it a go see you bye that's quite enough of old Barney making me hungry. I feel the draw towards a toaster and a bread bin. But I'm fasting today. I can't do it. Just can't do it. Enough about jam, but you've heard it from the horse's mouth. The jam board idea. Barney's pretty keen. I'm pretty keen. And continuing on a little bit with the theme of technology and She's been listening to some of my episodes and calling in some feedback now. It's Liren of Updates from the Middle of Nowhere. Take it away, Liren. Hey, Colin. It's Liren from Updates from the Middle of Nowhere. I'm catching up on a couple past episodes because it looks like they're related to each other and I have a car ride. So I'm going to listen to them all together. That will be like a treat. You just said something that I really had a reaction to when you said that speeding up podcasts drives you nuts. You know, I know what you mean. I feel like speeding up podcasts is kind of the equivalent of eating good, healthy food or eating fast food. You know, like it's almost like, well, I have to get food in my body and I don't care about the quality of the food. So I'm just going to eat fast food or I, I want to listen to a podcast and I want to really get the nuance of what this person is trying to share with me. So I'm going to listen to a podcast or I'm in such a hurry, I just need to hammer through it so that I can have listened to it. I can't do it, man. When I do that, it is so, it, it, it makes me feel kind of frenetic. And that is the opposite of how I want to feel when I'm listening to podcasts. Please understand everyone who does that. I'm not judging that you do it. I'm just saying that for, it's kind of like how I, I we don't eat a ton of fast food and so people who just live on fast food and, and all processed food, I, I cannot help but cringe, you know? I mean, I'm sure there's other things that I do that people are like, oh my gosh, I have no doubt, you know? So I don't mean to be all like harsh and judgy, but it is so true. Uh, I think who did a podcast and played a sped up podcast episode? Was it Andy or Jason? Gosh darn it, I don't remember. But when they did it, I was like, ah, nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> oh man, Liren again. You brought up that you asked about using Google Slides and instead of answering the question you asked, people got in a discussion about how easy you could do it with something else. And I know exactly what you mean. That is one of the things that drives me nuts about Discord. You know, it's one thing to say we're going to have different channels where we discuss different things, but it's another thing to say, hey, can we all be disciplined about actually following discussion lines? And, um, and, and the problem is once a Discord reaches a certain size, you can't really manage that. When there's so many people giving input and one person can give input and it just takes one person to respond to that person's input instead of the original question and 
All of a sudden, you're off on a tangent. Yeah, oh, that drives me nuts about Discord. I'm no longer on Audio Dungeon Discord right now. That might change at some point in the future. I just don't have the bandwidth. Um, and so I didn't realize you had asked about Google Slides, but Google Slides is something that my granddaughter and her sister's school uses a lot for their schoolwork. And I've used it for some things too, and I actually really like it. I mean, it can be a really simple way to present rich information. Another thing that works similarly is called Prezi, P-R-E-Z-I, I believe. And that one has a really cool feature where you can have a giant picture and you can kind of automate, like zooming in on different parts of it. And I've often thought that in role-playing games, that could be super useful in the middle of a campaign when you go, okay, well, now you've come up on a town and you could click the link that zooms up on that part, you know? So anyway, just a couple thoughts. Goodness, I have an awful lot to say about your episode today, don't I? <laughs> you know, you mentioned about how you'll post something and you'll have been going on about it on your podcast and that you, you know, but wait, have they listened to your podcast? And you know, this is something I think voice messages help, but I just don't think there's a perfect solution, you know? I mean, if I'm listening to your podcast, I can pause it like I am right now, obviously, and just pop you off a quick message. But then what if I get caught up in life and I can't listen to the next episode or you don't post your messages all the next episode and I'm certainly not saying you should, but you know what I mean? So, so yeah, I don't think there is a perfect solution for that. I keep thinking if someone could magically come up with it, they're going to make a lot of money, but I just don't think that's going to happen. Even if you had a discord just for questions from your podcast, that would require two technologies. nice to end the show with a little bit of empathy there from Liren. She seems to have really got the idea of what I've been talking about in some of my last episodes. It's not always easy getting the podcasts out. Sometimes I really do struggle to get my message across. I don't know what that is. Um, Communication. It's not that easy, but I endeavour to do my best. Big thanks also to all the other folks who called in, of course. We heard from Jason Connolly of Nerds RPG Variety Cast, Barney of Loco Ludus, Che Webster of Roleplay Rescue, and last but not least, my old buddy and current DM in his OSE campaign it is, of course, John Large of Red Dice Diaries. Couldn't do it without those folks. It's the call-ins that really help to motivate me. And I probably wouldn't do it if it weren't for the likes of the Pit Crew, my patrons over on Spike Pit Patreon. Their ongoing support and generosity keeps me going and growing. Last but not least, it would be a bit of a pointless exercise without you, the listener. And I thank you for taking a bit of time out of your day to listen to me, old Spike Pit. Take care, and I'll catch you later.